Sweet. We had Cody on the podcast today. This was like an epic, epic chat. Gonna have to say, um, talked about many different ways of getting a flow in life and like the structures around it, and I guess the different types of way people get into flow, which was quite phenomenal. Um, Cody's just released a new book called The Flow Formula, which I highly suggest to get and also look up all his content and all that stuff in his courses. He's quite a phenomenal person and knows what he's talking about the best way to explain it. Um, yeah, like his content's just on point. So I highly suggest to check it all out, which I'll pop it down in the bio below and all that. And also too, um, if you want to support the podcast and the X-Ray, go to patreon.com forward slash studio of mindfulness. And also too, we had a little bit of tech issues with the internet with this podcast. So it cuts out a little bit here and there just to give a heads up about that. But I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And welcome to the show, man. How are you going today? Right, thanks. How have you been? Yeah, good, man. Um, been excited for this chat actually, because there's um quite a bit to dive into, a lot that I can learn personally, and that. But um, and you got a few things coming out which I'll, I'll get around to, which is very exciting. Um, but before we kind of jump into that, um, I'll get you to explain a bit of your story, Cody, and how you become, I guess, where you are today, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, cool. Um, I think like I've been in business for the last 12, 12 years now. So um, I started out as a PT uh, in the fitness industry and kind of transitioned through different roles in there. I was the regional manager for an international gym chain. I was a lecturer for Sports Nutrition Australia. And I, I think my story kind of really changed when I had an experience where I was basically living on the Gold Coast. I'd created the perfect life. Uh, as people would normally say, I was like earning more money than I'd ever had before. I was presenting all over the country. Um, and yet I had this experience where I was basically driving down the Gold Coast Highway and I pulled up at this set of traffic lights and it was just as um, the M1 comes off the M1 and down into the Gold Coast Highway and I pull up at this set of traffic lights and I had tears streaming down my face and I had this experience where I thought if I just pulled out in front of all of these cars coming out, my life would be over uh, and it wouldn't look like a suicide because I couldn't do that to my family. And although I had all of the trappings of success, I was more successful than I'd ever been. I was making more money than I'd ever been. I just wasn't wasn't fulfilled in life. And that was really a pivotal moment for me to realize that things had to change. And, and in that experience, that was, that was, it was very much a pivotal moment for me, but in, in the experience, like I didn't really realize anything that needed to change or any of these different things. I was just like, oh, something's got to change. This is not a good place to be. So I just had to work out what I needed to do. And that was the first time that I really reached out for, for support in that instance to be able to create that shift and, that became the birth of, I guess, what I've created today, which was because I, I look back in hindsight and what I realized was so I just I wasn't fulfilled in, in my life. So I started this journey to determine, like, how can I create fulfillment for myself? How can I can create fulfillment for other people? How can I create people having this lit up life every single day? And it became, it became an unfolding of experience to, to become who I am today of since then working with like 
countless seven and eight figure companies in, in a leadership and flow capacity, working with federal members of parliament, um, working with all of these high level people to be able to create that life of flow and fulfillment for, for each and every one of them and in a unique individualized way, uh, which is ultimately what it's all about. So for me, it was, it very much started out for me as this journey of just actually getting my stuff together and then actually then working on other people um, from there and just became this unfolding of the experience where like the last thing that um, I would do, like I can remember back when I was a kid, my, um, my parents would be like, oh, you're going to be a teacher. This is what you're going to be. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to do all these different things. And in my mind, and I even said that to them, I'd be like, not a effing chance. I hate kids. I'm a shit little kid. I hope I can swear on this because I already did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not that well, I'm not that well behaved. So I don't really want to deal with other kids that aren't really well behaved either. Teaching is the last thing that I want to do. And yet then I ended up teaching, like I became a PT. So I'm really teaching adults then. And then I became a coach. Uh, and a facilitator and I'm teaching adults in all these other different areas. So yeah. it was, it was like, I ended up where the last place that I wanted to be is where I ended up, which um, is funny. It's kind of it's funny sometimes. how you mentioned that because that's the same a little bit with my story. Cause I never used to speak up as a child, I always mumbled. And my mum's like, you need to learn communication. Otherwise you're not going to be able to get a job. And I'm like, I'm not going to be doing anything with communication. So I'm all good. And then everything I've done so far has had to do with communication. So it's something I had to work work on and it's just quite crazy how that works yeah yeah definitely and that was like very similar to me as well like i'm extremely introverted um and like i before i moved into the fitness industry i worked in bars so i was managing bars because i worked out that if I'd, i didn't want to talk to people but i knew that i had to talk to people so i worked in a job where they had to talk to me then it wouldn't be a problem, right? Then I don't have to go out and make conversations and things like that. They're just going to talk to me naturally. So that's how I worked my way around that. <laughs> because, yeah, I didn't want to, I was like so introverted. And I, I still am introverted. It's just that I've created a life where that's no longer the, the focus of what I do. I can speak from stage. I can do all these different things uh, so that I can really create the impact that I'm here to be able to create, which is, which is ultimately what it's all about. Because for me, I see... Like when I look back at that experience in that car, I have this, this awareness that um, in hindsight, I can see it, but at the time I definitely couldn't. And in hindsight, I can start to see that I wasn't fulfilled and that became part of my mission, my purpose and my passion in life to create a life, which is what I call like a, or this society, which I call a superhuman society. And this is a society where we all come from our unique innate gifts where we have our foundational needs met so that we can come from our high needs of growth and contribution to ultimately live a life of flow and fulfillment and that was very much what was missing during that time frame and it became my my mission my pass, passion my purpose uh to be able to create that for, for every person possible from then onwards and that's been the journey that i've been on that's it's been that uh, the how I've started to create that and all of the programs that I've created from my becoming superhuman program to my superhuman leadership certification to, to the visionary leader uh, events and things that we've created through the flow formula as a whole company and as a, as a book that I've written as well. So it's been this consistent unfolding of just this, I guess this deep sense of surrender to, to what comes up and just going in the direction that I get called to, to go in as well. So. Yeah, it's quite amazing. And um, yeah, it's, 
um, want to touch base on because you've had said this before and it's like um, you know when we start this kind of journey of fulfillment it's like making the steps to you know I guess for yourself before you help others and I know you've said this a few times and that it's like you only can lead yourself to the depth of you I mean you only can lead others to the depth of you lead yourself which I was like when I heard that I'm like boom that's like the one of the profound things you can say because a lot of people are leading from an empty cup and I guess like how often do you see that and how do you help people to get out of that and leading themselves so they can help to lead others in a more impactful way? Yeah, definitely. Great question. Um, when we look at, yeah, when we look at leadership, there's really three different kind of levels of leadership and that foundational level of leadership is what we call self-leadership, which is perfectly evident to the quote that you, you talked about there. You can only lead others to the depth at which you can lead yourself. If we can expand out that foundational level of self-leadership, then we can actually start to step above that to the next level of leadership, which then becomes relational leadership, how we can actually lead other people. And in my book, I talk about this is, is how we actually start to create it in the context of flow as well. So if you're creating personal flow, then you need self-leadership. If you've already got a level of personal flow and you've got a level of self-leadership, then it's about how you can lead others and how you can create team flow from there which is that next layer uh, and then we go on to the third layer of leadership and flow where we go from the self-leadership which is personal flow relational leadership which is team flow to societal leadership or visionary leadership which is all about creating intergenerational flow flow which goes beyond your life flow go, flow which is really your legacy which is this continuation of something that you then create during this lifetime and and many people want to have that heightened experience of creating this intergenerational flow this societal and visionary leadership and yet they don't have that solid foundation and if we think of um like the tallest building in the world it has the the strongest foundation compared to any other building why? Because if we don't have that solid foundation, then that structure is going to fall apart. If we think about it as a pyramid in that instance, the wider the basis of that self-leadership, the more that we can tap into that relational leadership and the more that we can tap into how we actually start to relate to other people and lead them through relation. Um, so before we cut out, you're talking about the pillars of say self-leadership into creating the legacy of leadership. So the pillars through there. So we'll jump back into that. Yeah, great. So when we look at the context of self-leadership, as you said before, self-leadership is, the, it comes to the quote, the, you can only lead others to the depth at which you can lead yourself. So if we think about a pyramid as this example, we have the foundation, the bottom layer of that is all about our self-leadership and our self-leadership will create uh, the depth of experience that we'll have in personal flow on that foundational level. Then we move up to the second level where we're actually starting to lead others, which is what we call relational leadership. And that relational leadership then creates a capacity for us to experience and create team flow. Uh, the, the wider the foundation that we have on that base level, the more that creates capacity for us to be able to lead others. And then we look at the top of that pyramid uh, on that highest level. We talk about it based on what we call societal or visionary leadership 
And this is where we can actually create an intergenerational flow impact where we have this flow, which actually flows beyond our life and actually continues beyond our physicality, which is ultimately what it's all about. If we think about um, Simon Sinek talks about this in terms of the infinite game and creating that. And the only way that we start to create that is by the, the depth of the foundation that we create of that self leadership. And if we think about that pyramid that we talk about as a structure, just like any building has a structure, they all, also have a foundation and if we're looking at creating this huge structure if we're creating the biggest building in the world well we need a bigger foundation or a stronger foundation so when we look at self-leadership we only ever look at our results that we're having in life and then we reflect that to okay well that's reflective of what our foundation is what our level of self-leadership is so then we can start to build that up block by block on our self-leadership so that we can lead other people in that relational leadership to be able to create more team flow, then also starting to create that visionary societal leadership to be able to create that intergenerational flow. So we can start to see the different levels that we look at of both flow and leadership and how they're intertwined. And one of the common questions that I get from that as well is, is well, how is leadership and flow related? Well, flow is the outcome that we're looking at creating and leadership is how we actually do that we we create team flow through leading other people to be able to create this environment which is conducive with creating flow between people so when we look at creating this this superhuman society that i talked about earlier it's really creating also this this new paradigm of flow based leadership and when we can create this new paradigm of flow-based leadership, we can create that superhuman society that we're all here to be able to experience and create in this lifetime by really being able to, number one, understand ourselves on that foundational self-leadership level to create that deeper level of self-awareness, self-mastery and self-expression, which is one of the concepts that I talk about uh, in my book, so that we can then create that on a, on a larger scale of starting to step through how we would create that between a relationship when we're having a conversation as a, as a, foundational example so when when we look at that uh it comes back to that reflection of okay cool well what are my results well that's only reflective of my level of self-leadership so if i want to get better results then i need to be able to learn how to lead myself on an even deeper level make sense yes it's perfectly well said with that and yeah and it's definitely about building that you know the foundations to build up to this big kind of visionary thing that are, i guess a lot of people have but it's kind of the big step that you see a lot of the time missed down on they don't they have this big idea but then they can't execute it in themselves to create that big idea so it, it kind of lacks you know the i guess a lot of people that follow this we can see through that kind of thing but yeah, as um, we'll talk about, I guess, with into the book and that, so the flow formula, and I know flow and leadership, actually, they can't, go, they have to go hand in hand, right? Because otherwise you're kind of forcing and yeah. like life, we have to be in more yeah. flow because, you know, forcing stuff, you know, we end up burning out as I've seen you mention quite a few times and a few of your posts and videos and that. So how do we create this flow formula for our life? Yeah, great question. Um, and, and very much that journey that we go through, as you said, is going from that force and burnout to that higher state of flow. So one of the things that we define when we look at flow is actually how do we define it? And the way that we would define it is by uh, it being a heightened 
state of consciousness, which is this trance-like state where we become one with the activity that we're completing. Now, an example of this is the Olympics is currently on. So we've got all of these people who are the top in their field, the absolute best at what they do. And the majority of them will be looking at how they can get into flow in that sport. If we think about, if we think about, um, it generally, I'm just trying to think of an example. And it's like the, the best example that I talk about is often tennis, because as a tennis player, as you swing a racket, your racket becomes an extension of your arm. This is what occurs when we're in a flow. It becomes, we become one with the activity that we're actually doing. Every time that we swing that racket, we're actually becoming one with that activity. And it creates this deep sense of connectedness and oneness to the experience, which then becomes this heightened state where we can actually start to have things be expressed through us in the context of whether that's with a, a tennis racket or whether that's speaking, when we can become one with the experience of us actually speaking, like the, the best speakers in the world have this experience where the, the words come through them. It becomes this connection with the words of the expression through themselves to actually start to go from where they are to that next level and that perpetuation of that experience. And one of the, one of the things that I talk about in my book is on a, on a foundational level, we go from an experience of self-awareness to self-mastery to self-expression. And there is intricacies that we talk about in the book around that. And I'll just give you a big picture overview where we need to be able to have self-awareness, which is really just starting to be aware of ourselves, aware of our strengths, aware of our weaknesses, aware of our blind spots, first of all, which is self-awareness, which is all about having self-awareness in many instances. Then we step from there into self-mastery. We need to actually go and do something. Because if we just have the self-awareness and not actually putting into action, it doesn't change shit, right? It's just the same thing, same shit different day. Bang. <laughs> yeah, it's just that constant. It's like it, and that's kind of what you're almost speaking to before of these people that have this huge vision, but they're not actually creating it in concrete reality. Like we need to be able to create this place. We need to step out of the dream of creating the vision because the, the dream is inherently required. This fantasy of what we can create for humanity is inherently required. And we also need to take it from where it is, is that fantasy into reality. It's going from potentiality to actuality through us bridging the gap of our actions. Now, when we can start to step into developing a deeper sense of self-awareness as well as that self-leadership, because self-awareness is the foundational level of that, then we step into self-mastery where we can actually start to master the actions where we can start to create that. So it goes self-awareness, then self-mastery, and then self-expression. And that self-expression is how we're expressing ourselves. When we can become one with that experience, when we can have the words flow through us, then we're no longer necessarily thinking about it and acting on it. We're actually becoming the embodiment of that message. We're becoming the embodiment of what we're here to be able to create in this lifetime. We can, come, we can create that experience of this deep sense of oneness with any experience that we're in, which creates this, this deep sense of fulfillment in everything that we do. And when we can bring together all of these three things, self-awareness, self-mastery, self-expression, that creates capacity for us to go through and create a deeper sense of self-awareness, which means that we can create a deeper sense of self-mastery, which creates a deeper sense of um, self-expression. And it actually creates this perpetuation. And, and although we understand it as a, as a loop or a cycle, what is actually occurring is it creates this infinite loop where we go self-awareness, Self-mastery, self-expression, self-awareness, self-mastery, self-expression. There's three points where it changes directions 
And those are the three points of this infinite loop. This becomes this energizing experience for us where we can really start to create this access to flow on a day-by-day basis. And each person will experience it slightly differently because flow is not this, it's not this one thing. It's not when we just use a tennis racket. It's not when we just speak. It's in, in my book about, I talk about this being a, the, it's a non-context dependent state, which basically like means when you break that down, what it really means is you can get it in many different things and it's going to be different for you than it's going to be compared to me. If we can start to see what the borders of those things are, we can actually define what that is and start to consciously create that experience for me, even though if it's going to be different for you in that instance, and it's going to be different for some of the other listeners as well. What we're really looking at doing is creating access to the flow formula in my in my book i talk about it being a personalized experience of that it's how we can actually create that on a personal level for an individual rather than just go here's the one size fits all approach that fits into this box of what flow is it's, it's very different and unique for different people so we need to have that unique and different approach to it and just like having a map and if you're looking at getting somewhere on that map, it's very, it's much faster to have the map right than it is to just like go out into the bush and start walking around and trying to get somewhere. If you've got a map, it's much faster to go, all right, I want to go from here to here, then this is how I do it. And if I'm starting here, which is my level of self-awareness in this, in this metaphor, then I need to go take actions on that map to get through that place to be able to get to that point of new level of self-expression as part of it. And it becomes this consistent cycle that we go through and eventually it becomes a cycle that turns into a spiral up experience for us to be able to create access to to flow and and that creates a a foundational level of understanding for it on a personal level and there's just high levels of complexities of things that we can start to look at if we're creating team flow because if we think about if we're going back to the example of uh, the olympics at the moment there's team sports being played out there are certain teams which gel together there are certain teams which don't. So we want to look at what can create that experience for, for us to be able to then create that team flow experience, be able to step into that relational form of leadership so that we can then create that, that access to that visionary leadership where we can create access to that intergenerational flow uh, that we talk about. So it's mm, some really good points there. Um, before I jump on to, I guess, you know, finding out people's individual flow and how they find that, how do, um, what are some of the ways that you get and they find this flow in yourself or some of the things that you use? Yeah, so for, for me, what I use in many instances is uh, things that are filtered through movement. So uh, basically what we look at when we're looking at flow is we've got six kind of core predominant hormones in our body, which are going to be triggers for flow for us. For me, that is adrenaline and testosterone. So that means that if I have a challenge, then that creates capacity for me to get into more flow. Now, um, as soon as I can create that challenge, whether that's through movement, a lot of the times I would get into flow through movement much more than through stillness. Um, that means if I'm standing up and I'm speaking, then I'm going to be it's going to be much easier for me to be able to get into flow rather than being crouched down in this position. Yet some other people with different brain function with more dopamine dominance could be in flow in a, in a better position there because their neck actually is, they often have forward head posture and that actually allows them to be able to get into flow in a different way, just based on their posture as part of it. And 
what what we look at when we're creating a flow for someone is understanding that each person is an individual and uh, when we understand the the formula to be able to create flow it's 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 using um it it's using the metaphor of an encyclopedia imagine this book that i'm holding for the people who are just listening i'm holding a book uh Imagine this book is this encyclopedia of who you are to actually go, okay, cool. This is the best way for you to get into flow. This is how long you get into flow. This is how long you need to rest and recover between flow states for you. It just becomes this perfect opportunity to be able to open it up and go, okay, cool. This is exactly what's right for me so that I can take all of the guesswork out of it and instantly know exactly what is right for me at the right time. Because one of the blocks that we start to look at for flow is doing the right thing, but at the wrong time. And when we can start to do things at the right thing, do the right thing at the right time, then it instantly starts to create this environment, which is conducive to getting into even more flow for ourselves. And an example of that is for me, I'll get into a lot of flow when I'm speaking, uh, when I'm exercising quite a lot, because I do challenge. So I do like ninja warrior training and things like that. I used to be uh, former natural um national boiling champion as well so through exercise and all of these different challenge-based things i can get into flow uh for me if i compare that to my partner who uh her predominant um way that she gets into flow is through connection and connection with people so that's driven by the neurotransmitter which is called oxytocin which is basically just about belonging and as soon as like as soon as i understand how i get into flow and how she gets into flow then we can come together and get into flow together and have that that infinite loop of that perpetuating of energy for both of us as that experience so that we can actually then go beyond just us as an individual and start to create that deep sense of connection between us, uh, which is ultimately what it's all about. And when, when we think about each individual, each individual uh, has a different way that they get into flow and they get to get into flow for different reasons. And as soon as we know exactly uh, who they are based on the level of self-awareness, uh, which is basically based on the number one, their epigenetic expression, and number two, their, their kind of developmental stage, which is just basically what they're thinking uh, in that instance. We can instantly start to create that deep level of increased self-awareness, which then feeds into that level of self-mastery and self-expression. It becomes that, that feedback uh, loop that actually perpetuates that and allows it to grow even more. Mm. Yeah, there's some really good stuff there because it's like I relate to, I guess, both of those, you know, examples of flow because one way I get into flow is through doing exercise and also is actually um, through communication. And actually my, I guess, biggest one is like having a depth conversation is one of my biggest flow traits. And also, I guess, if I want to be have a creative or, you know, do something creative, I will go for a walk beforehand. So, yeah, we're talking about um, before we cut out there, that's it. Um, I guess we're talking into, I guess, my flow state and that. So what was, yeah, continue with that. Yeah, it's common for people to have a different experience as the flow, uh, because as we said, it's non-context-based experience. Uh, so when it when it shows up for different people, there's different drivers for it as well. So when we look at the two, two that we talked about already, we're adrenaline and testosterone, and then we also have oxytocin, which is the next one which is for people who call connectors when we start to create uh, access to basically different people's kind of flow types. From there, we've got different other ones as well, which is people like guardians, which are driven by prolactin. So they get into flow when they're actually nurturing other people when they're being selfless. Uh, and that actually energizes them even more because then they're doing it for other people as part of it. 
Um, then we move around to people who are more like uh, diplomats, which are very much driven by serotonin. So it's all about having their gut sorted because more than 70% of serotonin is produced in our gut. Uh, so what that means is if they make a good decision and they have a release of a pleasure chemical of serotonin. So then we move around to the senses, which is driven by vasopressin, which is all about mineral balance. And then we move around to the crusaders, which is all about dopamine, uh, which is all about achievement then. So when we're looking at flow, if we understand what that first thing to knock over is, it becomes easy for us to be able to do that. And then we can get into flow, whether that's having a conversation, because even, even getting into flow, having a conversation, there can be different reasons why we get into flow for that. If we look at um, if we look at, again, the activator, which is me, driven by adrenaline and testosterone, I can get into flow communicating with people if there's some elements of challenge or problem solving to it or creativity to it, whereas a uh, connector will just externalize things where they're going to be having that deep sense of connection, that, that uh, oxytocin by actually just talking to people. It doesn't actually need to be a point to the conversation compared to, say, a diplomat, which is uh, interacting and engaging with people depending on um, what 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 their secondary kind of flow type is, or to determine how they actually get into flow and why they will get into flow in communication with people, because it might be this um, this energizing experience because it's this high level conversation which actually lights them up and they can get into flow in that context. So as soon as we understand what someone's uh, epigenetic expression is, which really tells us how they get into flow, uh, then we can start to go, okay, cool. Well, in communication, this is why we get into flow uh, based on that, we can basically just reverse engineer more of those experiences because when we're looking at getting into flow, many people will have some form of experience of flow. It's about if we, it's about how we can get into flow more regularly and for longer. When we can do those two things, then we can create that deep sense of flow and fulfillment in every area of their life, so they can actually have this deep sense of joy in everything they do, which is ultimately what it's all about. So, yeah, hundred percent with that, man. Um, I guess like um, also too, what are the, some of the tools to know what kind of, you know, basic stuff that you can find out which category that helps you to get into flow within yourself that you can probably take today and do a little examine? Yeah, the, the best thing to do is just to start to develop that deeper level of self-awareness, which is just starting to even just reflect. One of the core prerequisites of flow is a feedback loop. So we've got a self-feedback loop by just us reflecting and contemplating on things. So if we actually start to question ourselves and go, okay, when was the last time that I was in flow? What was occurring in, those, in that environment? How can I actually create that again? Well, then that can start to create a deeper sense of that self-awareness and that then feeds into how we can actually start to do things differently and self-mastery and then down around into the, how we're expressing ourselves differently. And one of the core components of that is that feedback loop. For us to be in flow, we need to have this feedback loop of determining, are we moving in the right direction or the wrong direction? If, if we have no clarity around us moving in the right direction or the wrong direction, then there's no capacity for us to be in flow. Um, and and the, one of the best examples of this is like with video games. You instantly know how you're doing. You instantly have scores and things playing out. It's the same thing for social media too, which is interesting. It's gamifying this to make it addictive for us so that we can automatically get into this trance-like state where we just like disappear into what we're doing now i know that no one who listens to this has ever been caught in the 
the the scrolling hole before the scroll hole where you're just scrolling and then you realize that you're in a trance-like state and you're actually just doing it. You're not even realizing that you're doing it. Well, that's because again, we've got this reward system of this feedback loop that's playing out of how we can actually start to create this comparative mechanism in our minds. It's set up to, to create flow, but not necessarily in an empowering way for us just to keep scrolling through social media. And the reason why it is, is because there's this feedback loop to determine how we're progressing, how we're comparing. The same thing happens when we post, we get likes, so we can determine how we're comparing, how this is going. We've got this automatic feedback loop and it can allow us to, to create this level of success for us, or it can just be a black hole of scrolling. Or it can be a black hole of like playing video games and things of that nature. And again, we get to choose uh, what we're gonna be aware of and we can be aware of this playing out and then actually start to choose to do different actions, which is that self-mastery component. Because as soon as we become aware that we're in the scroll hole, then we can start to go, okay, well, I'm gonna make a different choice. I'm gonna make a different decision. I'm gonna act differently. And then I'm gonna express myself differently. And then I'm gonna to start to feel differently. I'm gonna create a deep sense of new level of self-awareness and it becomes this perpetuating experience that allows us to be able to step out of that. So the, the first thing that we look at is deepening level of self-awareness and the second component of that is just starting to look at what are the feedback loops that are playing out already for you that are creating your current level of results. And if we're looking at shifting our results, we need to shift our attention so that we can determine what's the new level of self-awareness that is going to be required for us to actually do things differently and then also become a different person so that we can then feed that back into the, the other pillars of it. So, Yeah, it's, it's like... Yes, so and it's really important points that you've pointed out there is like recognizing what type of feedback feedback loop that you're in. Because sometimes it's not so good or the ones that we want to be in because we get in the continuous spiral and then we don't actually recognize the awareness of us being in that feedback loop. And that's like I guess one of my biggest tools that as you're saying is I always sit back and self-reflect on things and journal and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it's the most important thing, especially if you've got this big visionary goal. I guess a lot of people do have or we have these big visions, like take that step back, have a bit of self-awareness. And then you, this is when we can, you know, start navigating this road and then create this life of flow and fulfillment as you're talking about. So, man, um, before we wrap it up, um, where can we find your book and all your online content and all that kind of stuff, man? Yeah, great. Um, firstly, thanks for the opportunity to be able to share to your audience as well. I've run a couple of podcasts over the years and I know how much time, energy and effort that goes into the creating, the editing, the tech issues, all of these different things, the booking of the things. So it's, a, it's always an honor for me to have the opportunity to be able to share with your audience as well. So. Thank you so much for the opportunity for that, firstly. Um, and then for people in getting in contact with me, the best place is to just go to Amazon to search for my book, The Flow Formula, uh, and you'll be able to find it. Or if you're looking at following me, uh, then just follow me on social media on pretty much every platform. It's at the Cody McAuliffe, uh, and you'll be able to find all of my links there. Or if you want to just have all of the links in one place, you just go to thecodymcauliffe.com and you'll have all of the links there too. So they're the best places to be able to get in contact with me uh, and find out more about the work that I do. Awesome, man. And yeah, I'll definitely link that all below as well, man. Um, with the final question, what is the legacy you want to create? 
legacy that I want to create is creating that superhuman society where we all have that capacity to be able to have a life where we bring our unique innate gifts to the world so that we can have those foundational needs met so we can come from those high needs of growth and contributions that we can ultimately live that life of flow and fulfillment because that's what I believe that every single person deserves and we also have that as our birthright if we're willing uh, to put in the time, energy and effort to be able to create it for ourselves or just play out of the old paradigm of how things were. So that's the choice that we have and that's the legacy that I'm here to be able to create in this lifetime. Yeah, man, and it's something that is much needed. It is a world that I would personally want to live in and many other people I know. So, and it's definitely needed. And that, and thank you so much for the work you do because this is something that is needed in the find out and building this self-awareness into flow leadership. Best way to explain it. But yeah, and thank you so much for coming on today, man. I really appreciate it. I've learned actually a bit out of this. So appreciate it a lot, man. Great. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for tuning in today's episode, guys. Be sure to give it a like, comment, let us know what you think. Um, if you think a friend would value it, share it with them. And also, too, to help support the podcast a little extra bit, go to patreon.com forward slash studio mindfulness. And to check out all my programs and all the other content I have going on, go to mitchellcrocker.com. That has all my social media links and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Cheers for tuning in too.